Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 162 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh. Thank you for hanging out with me today, listening to the pod. Have you ever wondered why they say do 90 meetings in 90 days? Today, I'm going to tell you exactly what I learned doing 90 and 90, and it has nothing to do with drinking. But first, let's have a couple of announcements. Number one, biggest thing, I want to say thank you for all of you guys who joined me for the five-day live video training in the Facebook group. So much fun. It's so amazing when I see people saying hello and being there with me. It's so comforting. (laughs) So I appreciate you guys. I think it was fantastic. Those videos are coming down. I left them up a few extra days just to give people the opportunity to tune in and check them out. And a lot of you did that. But those videos are coming down. So Thank you for joining me for that, and I know you got some great information. I know I got some killer feedback. I loved your guys' questions, and I hope I answered them well for you. The other big thing, you guys know I do a room on the Clubhouse app called Sober Sunday every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time. Myself and my co-pilot, Brock Bevel from Chase the Vase podcast, we host this room, Sober Sunday, and this is not any specific meeting type, right? We're not AA or smart or celebrate. We're not anything. We are just a group of people in recovery, living clean and sober, talking about the joys of living clean and sober. Because as you know, my thing really is to celebrate a clean lifestyle. It's to celebrate making good decisions to care for myself and to celebrate all the victories that go with that. And personal growth and growing up and gaining emotional maturity, right? Those are the beautiful things in life. And When we get into recovery, right, clean and sober, and really get into recovery and the healing part, which is recovery, (laughs) when we're doing that, like we're crushing it. And you get on the most beautiful journey that is so challenging, but so empowering. And I always want us to have places to come together and talk about those things and to share with with each other how we do that. And that's what we do on Clubhouse for Sober Sunday. And the challenge has been a couple of things. One, Clubhouse has been available for iPhone only. And two, there was this crazy like wait process to get in or you had to be sent an invite from somebody you know that's already on Clubhouse. And it's been a little nuts. So we got the invitation thing worked out, right? As a club owner, what <laughs> I don't know what it's called. My club is called Master Yourself. And my room for sobriety is called Sober Sunday. 
So having my club, Master Yourself, because you know that's what I'm all about. Master yourself. Stop worrying about other people and trying to blame everybody else and blame the world and blame life. But let's take control of our own lives and master ourselves to have the best lives possible, being the best humans possible. So having my club, they gave me invites. So I have a whole bunch of invites and I've been giving them out in the Facebook group. You guys know there's a thread in there. Anybody that says I want one gives me a thumbs up. I think that's what I said to do. Give me a thumbs up in the comments and I'll give you an invite. We've been doing that. And now finally, Clubhouse has become available to Android users. And I still have invites. So for all of my Android user friends, please get in the Addiction Unlimited Facebook group. Let me know you want an invite and I am happy to share one with you. Sober Sunday will be back on next Sunday. We took off this past Sunday because it was Mother's Day. So we have taken off some of those major holidays just because people are busy, you know. So anyway, Super, super excited that now I have a handful of invites and it's open to Android users. And I think this is going to help our Sober Sunday room just get even bigger and more fun. We have already established established some regulars. We have a lot of people showing up every single week and it has just turned into a really cool thing that Brock and I are super excited about. So please come to Clubhouse, join us on Sober Sunday, get in the Addiction Unlimited Facebook group, let me know if you need an invite, I'm happy to give you one, and I hope I will see you there. All right, now let's jump into this topic, 90 and 90, what I learned doing 90 and 90 meetings, honest to God, has nothing to do with drinking, and there's a couple of things that I want to talk about this. First of all, I remember when I first walked into 12 Steps and they said 90 and 90, and I was like, holy crap, dude, that's a lot. <laughs> like every day. And it's hard to fathom like how you'll really fit it into every day. How are you really going to do that? Like everybody is busy, especially married, kids, jobs, hobbies, sports, kids' sports. I mean, it's crazy. It's a lot to think about. And much later in coaching world, right, becoming a coach, I learned a little bit more about this. They say it takes 21 days to build a habit. It takes 90 days to build a lifestyle. And that makes much more sense to me, right? I know a lot of people, especially people that don't care for 12 steps, they they want to put a spin on this like people in 12 steps are trying to control their lives or... <laughs> rope you into something you have to show up for 90 meetings in 90 days Uh, nobody really cares that much it doesn't have anything to do with that it is really about so many things that I'm going to talk about in this episode and what happened for me in those 90 days is I developed the habits or the skills necessary to achieve the goal and that's the important part okay I had to develop those foundational skills, which is so much what you and I talk about is foundational skills and so much what I coach with my private sessions and clients and in my programs, right? It's about building the foundational skills that are necessary to achieve whatever goal you want to achieve, whatever thing you want to achieve in life 
there's a certain set of foundational skills that you have to master to be an achiever, right? To be able to just show up and follow through and be consistent. We talked about consistency so much too in that five-day live training last week. Consistency is one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. And that's part of the 90 in 90 also. It's being consistent. So one of the best things I learned doing 90 meetings in 90 days was I learned, this was a self-esteem thing. I learned that I was capable. I learned that I was capable of being dedicated to something other than drinking. Because prior to that, I had never really followed through on anything, not long-term. I could follow through short-term, even when I would take breaks from drinking, right? You guys know I took a break once for 30 days. I took a break once for 60 days. Like I could even follow through on those short-term things only because I knew there was an end. And I'm stubborn and obstinate and rebellious, like almost every other person with addiction on the planet. <laughs> Those are some of our charms, you know. <laughs> They're the things that make us really difficult at times and make us difficult for ourselves. Those are some of our own personal challenges to overcome, too. And those things can also be great qualities in certain areas of life. But in this particular situation, for me, the only thing I had ever been truly dedicated to long-term was my drinking. And when I figured out that I was capable of being dedicated to something else, it was a big moment for me. And it really did start to shift my self-esteem from feeling so not worthy and not good, it shifted that to make me understand that I did have some good and that I could do good things. And that was huge for me because I was so broken. You guys, I was so freaking broken. And I had felt so bad about myself for so long and had thought of myself as incapable for so long because I couldn't stick to anything. You know, it wasn't until I was in this sort of life or death situation that I finally extracted my head from my hindquarters and got it together and I started showing up every day. Because it was that important to me that I not drink. And it was a huge game changer for my self-esteem. Because I never thought I was capable of doing that before. I always thought of myself as a quitter. I always gave up. I always quit early. I could never follow through. I could never get through the uncomfortable parts. Right? We always talk about that comfort zone. And your head will always drag you back to your comfort zone. And this was the first time outside of drinking that I really pushed myself and challenged myself to stay committed even through the uncomfortable parts. I did not quit. I did not give up on myself, but I stayed dedicated and I continued to show up, right? I proved to myself I was able to be committed and I just hadn't done that before. Another huge thing that happened for me is I learned to be on time. Somewhere in that 90 days, it started to be important to me to be on time because I wasn't 
for a long time. (laughs) I was always late. And that's just selfishness, right? Like I just didn't get it together and get out of my house in time. Because that was my schedule, right? I went to a noon meeting every day. That's where I got sober. And that's where I stayed for 100 years. Noon meetings are still my favorite. And for me, I was a bartender. So I worked super late. And I wouldn't wake up until, you know, I don't know, 10 or 1030 in the morning, because I worked so late at night. So literally, kind of the first thing I would do in my day leaving my house was go to a meeting. You know, I hit Starbucks, and I went straight to my meeting. And being late, was for no good reason. I promise you, I was not doing anything to make me late. I was just selfish and lazy. It just wasn't a priority enough to me to show up on time. So I was always leaving the house late. And then of course, I would still stop at Starbucks (laughs) because I wanted my coffee, more selfishness. Don't, Don't make it a priority to be on time, but make it a priority to have your coffee. So I would always show up a few minutes late. Now, part of that also was my anxiety, and that was a little game I played with myself in the beginning, too. It was easier for me to show up a little bit late so I could just, you know, slide in the room and sit down, and I didn't have to talk to anybody beforehand because in the beginning I was super, super nervous and super nervous to talk to people, super nervous about being there. I didn't know what to say. My head was so foggy in my first 90 days. You guys, it's amazing I could even put a sentence together. It was just, it was hard. And that was part of my defense mechanism too, was just being a little bit late. So I could just slide in, sit in the back of the room, and be quiet. But at some point in that process, as I got more comfortable And this is another piece, my anxiety started to get less, right? I was breaking down my anxiety by showing up every day and showing my face. It started to become important to be on time. Because somewhere in there, I started to understand that that was a respect thing. Like I was being disrespectful to my group by showing up late. I was disrupting the group. I was not that I was coming in the room, making a lot of noise, making a spectacle of myself late. I wasn't doing that. But still, when everybody's sitting there quiet in the room, you know, the meeting has started and it's going around the room and people are sharing and I'm walking in the door, just the opening of the door, the shuffling of my handbag, figuring out where to sit. It's distracting. And I didn't want to be distracting anymore. So it started to become important to me to be on time. I wanted to be on time. And then, like I said, another piece is my anxiety was breaking down. And I started to play this game with myself. You've heard me talk about this on other episodes. I knew I had to break down my anxiety. I knew I had to take action and do something to start breaking it down. And the first little tiny baby step of that, my first little micro decision was saying hi. That's all. Make eye contact, say hello. (laughs) Just one word. And I made myself do that every day. So every day it had to be a different person too. So every day, whether it was when I was in the parking lot or I was walking down the hallway to the room or once I got in the room, my goal was just to look somebody in the eye and say hi. That's all. And that's how I started breaking down my anxiety because things are the most scary when they're new. 
when you're doing it for the first time, it's the most scary. But the more you do anything, this is why we have the saying, practice makes perfect. The more you do anything, the easier it becomes. So I wanted to make sure I was taking that action every day because it was kind of a big F you in the face of my anxiety. Like, ha ha, I can beat you too, you know? So that was another piece of 90 meetings in 90 days. Showing up, consistently being dedicated. Then I got to a point that I was being on time. And at some point in there, I started practicing this breaking down my anxiety and taking that action. Hi. Hello. That's all. And the more times I would say hello, the more natural it started to feel and the more comfortable I got. And then that naturally, the natural progression is to lead into, hi, how are you? Right? It leads to more words. And the next thing I would say really is just what I, kind of what I said, the practice. I needed practice. I needed practice showing up for myself. I needed practice prioritizing, making it a priority, being intentional about it, knowing. And listen, when I said in the beginning, like probably on my first day or whatever, they said 90 meetings in 90 days. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I can do that. It was kind of terrifying. It did sound like a lot. I had no idea how I was going to do it. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if I really thought I was going to do it. (laughs) I was literally one day at a time. And that's all I could do is one day at a time. So when I agreed to do it, I'm not even sure if I really thought I would do it the whole 90 days because I couldn't look that far in advance. So I was just going day by day. The beautiful thing is, as I practiced that day by day, as I practiced being intentional about making it to a meeting, it became more important to me. It became more important to me and it became more fun. And then I wanted to go, right? This whole other shift happened where I got excited to go and I made friendships In that 90 meetings in 90 days, I made friends with people. There were a bunch of other people that were also there every day. And I started to look forward to being there. I couldn't wait to get there and let them know I was still sober. I made it another day. And people worried about me because I was a bartender. (laughs) I wasn't worried about me. I knew internally, I knew I didn't want to drink. But I also knew that I didn't have a ton of control over it. I knew I had to be intentional with my actions. And I knew if I was going to work at the bar at night, I knew during the day I needed to be in a meeting, fueling myself, building myself up, making my recovery strong to make sure I didn't drink when I was in the bar at night. It just made sense to me. Like I say to you guys all the time, if you're going to make withdrawals from yourself, if you're going to make withdrawals from your energy, if you're going to make withdrawals from your brain, you got to make deposits. And I knew that was important. And I wanted to be there every day. And I wanted to see my friends. And I wanted to let them know I was still sober. Another piece of this was it created accountability for me. And not accountability in what anybody else thought about me. It's not about other people. Again, get back to yourself. Stay self-focused. 
it created accountability in that I couldn't wait to get there every day and let them know I was still sober. And the flip side of that is the accountability that they came to expect seeing me there. (laughs) So if I wasn't there, I was getting text messages. Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? What's happening? And sometimes I would just go to a different meeting. I wasn't missing meetings entirely. Like, I, I don't think I missed a meeting for five years. But I may have had to go to a meeting at a different time of day or something for whatever reason. Who knows? But I would get text messages, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Everything okay? We didn't see you today. Miss seeing you today. So it created some accountability for me to show up. It created accountability within myself that I wanted to continue to be dedicated to my practice. I wanted to continue to show up for myself and follow through with my intention. I had that accountability inside of me. I also had the accountability of people looking forward to seeing me and and having some expectation that I'd be there because I was there every day. And the last thing I'm going to talk about here is comfort. I got comfortable, which on my first day, I'm not sure I even thought it was possible. My anxiety was so freaking high walking in that room for the first time, out of control anxiety. And as I continued to show up, and I continued working on my anxiety, and I continued to be intentional, and I continued to be dedicated, I also started to get comfortable. I had pulled myself out of my old comfort zone, right, which was drunk and hungover and isolating and hating myself. And I had started to create a new comfort zone that was sober and accountable with less anxiety and feeling happy and having a sense of accomplishment and having a place to celebrate all those little tiny victories every day and having support and being connected that was my new comfort zone. I got comfortable. Again, things are uncomfortable when they're new because they're unknown. You don't know what it's going to be like, what it's going to feel like, if you're going to be good at it. It's all unknown. That's why it's uncomfortable. But when you continue to do it and you show up and you practice, practice makes perfect, practice makes comfortable, (laughs) when you show up and you continue to do it, you get comfortable. And that's what we're going for. I got to the point that I was showing up on time, a few minutes early even, saying hi to a few people. I found my favorite seat in the room. I'm kicking my shoes off. So I got, so I was so comfortable. I'm walking in the room. I'm going over to my spot. I got my coffee in my hand, kicking my shoes off putting my feet up, you know, I got comfortable. That was my space. That was my safe space full of people that were caring about me and were laughing and having fun. And damn, my life felt good for the first time in a long time. And all of those things I gained from 90 meetings in 90 days had so little to do with drinking. This was building the foundation 
and those foundational skills that are so important that now has allowed me to go on and accomplish a million other things. And I didn't know that when I was sitting in those 90 meetings in 90 days. I didn't know I was doing all of that. This is why they say hindsight's 2020, <laughs> because I can look back now and I can see how I built this foundation that was so freaking strong and I had no idea that's what I was doing. But this is how I want you to look at it. And this isn't about going to 12 steps or not going to 12 steps. I don't care if you go to 12 steps or don't. I don't care if you don't like it or you do. That's totally up to you. I'm going to love you either way. What I care about is that you make a decision and you follow through. That's what I care about. I care that you care enough to show up for yourself and to see what's possible for you, to see what you are capable of, see what you can do instead of being stuck in all those thoughts of what you can't do. If something is proposed to you and you immediately say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. That won't work for me. You are not in a growth mindset, my friend. You're not being willing. You're not being teachable. I want you to think about what you can do. If you can't say yes to showing up for yourself for 90 days, then I want you to just say yes to showing up for yourself for 90 minutes. And then show up for yourself for one day. And then the next day, decide to show up for yourself again that day. That's the only way we string together 90 days of any damn thing. But those are the important pieces. You know what they say about New Year's resolutions? And you know I call them New Year intentions because I like to be intentional. Okay? And resolutions is like something's broken. I'm not broken. Nothing is broken. I just got to get intentional, right? Instead of letting things be, you know, fly by the seat of my pants. But they say that 80% of people who make New Year resolutions have dropped them by the second week of February. Because they're not sticking with it long enough to create a lifestyle. I learned this all over again in my fitness journey, right? When I started working out a year and a half ago, and I didn't say I was doing 90 in 90 with exercise. I didn't do that. But I shifted my mindset to look at it differently. I shifted my mindset where I wasn't obsessing about certain goals, about losing weight or looking different. What I did is I shifted my mindset to show up for myself. I shifted my mindset to not be a quitter. I shifted my mindset to follow through and to continue doing it even when it's uncomfortable. That's what I did. And that's how I've made it this long. I want you to think about that. It doesn't matter what program it is. It doesn't matter how you're piecing together your own personal recovery program. But I want you to think about that level of commitment. And I want you to think about challenging yourself outside your comfort zone. Challenge yourself to not quit when it gets uncomfortable. Challenge yourself to follow through. Challenge yourself to show up also for others and have some accountability and be honest. Challenge 
challenge yourself to break down your anxiety because anxiety will destroy everything you ever want to do. And we're tired of living like that. That's how I lived when I was drunk. I let my anxiety and fear control everything. And what it did was cause my life to be so small and tiny and dark and unfulfilling and unaccomplished and full of self-loathing. That's the life fear and anxiety created for me. That's not the life I want in my recovery. Challenge yourself, my friends. That's what I learned doing 90 meetings in 90 days. I hope you are having a fantastic day. If you got some value out of this episode, please take a minute and share it with somebody. Let's pay it forward. Let's help each other out and support each other. This is what it's all about to accomplish any goal. It's about these foundational skills. And that's what we work on so much. That's what's so important. I want you to really think about this today and listen to this a couple of times if you need to. Where can you improve on your commitment to yourself? I'll see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.